three, two, one. From down in the dirty bird. Oh my goodness gracious. The only mustard buzzard podcast on the planet. This is Buzzardry. Here are your hosts, Ben Milam and Patrick McGee. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Buzzardry Season 3, Patrick, of Buzzardry. It is the only Mustard Buzzard podcast on the planet, and we could not be more excited to be back. Couldn't be more excited to talk a little football and a few other things on the back end of the episode, but this is going to work as our 2023 season preview for Southern Miss football We will be back next week. We'll be back on a weekly basis. Uh, But next week, we will dig into a little more detail on Alcorn State. But we're also going to go game by game on the regular season schedule uh, and hit a couple of high notes on what to expect. Maybe throw in some predictions at the end. And, uh, yeah, we're going to break it down in gritty detail for you guys. My name is Ben Milam. I'm here with my partner, as always, Patrick McGee, Pat how are you on this Tuesday afternoon? Uh, glad to be here after a another month hiatus. But yeah, we're about to get back into the uh, the stretch run here for the next, I guess you know, eight or nine months until uh, yeah. the next summer twenty twenty four. Yeah, man, I'm fired up. Glad to be back. This episode of Buzzardry is brought to you by BigGoldNation.com. It is the premier inside source for all things Southern Miss athletics. That is SouthernMiss.Rivals.com. We also want to give a shout out. To, to the Top Collective, that is to the top collective.com. That is uh, that's going to be your premier platform and place to support your Southern Miss athletes via uh, the NIL Collective to the Top Collective. So be sure to check them out. All right, Pat, let's uh, let us waffle no longer. Let's get right into it. Uh, the big news this morning it is uh, it's Tuesday, August twenty second. That was the date that Will Hall gave, I believe it was at the the beginning of fall camp. He said this was the target date, um, which would have been the first practice after the second scrimmage for naming a starting quarterback. Uh, Coming into fall camp, he made it known that it was Billy Wiles and Holman Edwards as uh, the two guys battling it out for the starting role. And this morning he announced it is indeed Billy Wiles. Um, I don't know if uh, that was expected. Maybe it was from your perspective, but I think a lot of people went back and forth based on what they saw in the spring. Um, I was there in the spring. I was not at full fall camp, but just based on all the reports that came out, uh, Dima Mixon filled in for me for Big Gold Nation, did a great job as special contributor. Um, but it, it kind of seemed like it was it was pretty neck and neck the whole way. There were positives and negatives for both. Uh, two different types of quarterbacks and athletes. Uh, but Patrick, your your first thoughts on Billy Wiles being named the starter this morning? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess if you go back to like the very beginning of the quarterback battle, I think it was maybe a little bit of a surprise. I felt like Edwards maybe just had a little more of an edge, like at the very beginning, just based on the pedigree. I mean, I guess Edwards might be a little bit older, and uh, you know, you look at someone like an Edwards, maybe having a little bit more talent as they like to say just you know a little better arm uh, ability to improvise a little bit um, off schedule 
Uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think what you saw really starting last week and maybe maybe two weeks ago where you started to, you know, Hall said, um, you know, there had started to be some separation there um, in the quarterback battle. And I think it was kind of expected, I think, over these last – over the last week that Wiles was probably going to get the nod. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's something where you – you know, is something where, well, what is Hall wanting a quarterback? Does he want, you know, kind of the more gunslinger, which is, I think, is what I think maybe Edwards has been, you know, typecast as, is kind of having just, or, you know, more of the, yeah, the gunslinger, you know, ability to throw it deep, big plays, uh, maybe throw it into coverage um, sometimes and try to create the big play, whereas, you know, Wiles is, Somebody, okay, maybe he didn't have quite as big of an arm. He's not going to take as many chances, uh, possibly. Uh, but he's somebody, you know, he's kind of like a Kirk Cousins type. He's going to do exactly what the coaches um, ask of him, going to be accurate. Um, you know, it seems like he's pretty poised. So, uh, you know, Wiles, I guess, you know, maybe just in terms of pure physical talent, maybe not quite as high of a ceiling as Edwards, but just based on, you know, the accuracy, decision-making, I mean that kind of thing. I think that's really something that Hall prioritized in this in this quarterback battle, and we're gonna, you know, I mean, we're really, um, you know, somebody pointed out in the group me Hall the past two years, Hall really hasn't had a quarterback make it past the first half of the first game. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we really don't even know what you know Hall wants in a quarterback. I mean, you had you know Trey Low look pretty decent at times there late in the year. Um. But yeah, we're gonna see what a Will Hall quarterback looks like and you know right now is he wants billy wiles and uh, we'll see how that goes i think you have two quality options and i i I look at two big factors and i think we briefly talked about this when we were previewing fall camp but to me the biggest factor is the offensive line you bring you bring back the the majority of your veteran core that's been there the last two or three years with that group. Um, you're going to have some young guys play, probably Kyron Barnes at the tackle spot, at either of the tackle spots. The offensive line really, on paper, should be one of your strengths. And if that is true, then you don't need a guy to make something out of nothing every play. You don't need a guy who – can rely on his legs. Um, if you have a quality offensive line, then you don't need to lean on that as much. And so I, I think Billy Wiles, with that being hopefully true, I think fits the mold a little bit of what you want. Uh, maybe is not as prone to the game-breaking mistake. And then the second thing is I, I think you have enough depth and talent at the skill positions to where, again, you don't need a quarterback who is is going to have to carry the load in terms of playmaking offensively. You need someone that's going to reliably get them the ball and, again, avoid the mistake and manage the offense. And I think, I think to me, outside looking in, that's probably a big reason, those two reasons, why Billy Wiles was named the starting quarterback. I think he just fits that bill with those factors being considered. Yeah, and I think you, you kind of talk about just the kind of the questions into the season, and, and you, you bring up, you know, you still have – you have two kind of, we think, common quarterbacks. But, I mean, it's still – in terms of just the passing game, still some question marks there where – Oh, yeah. You know, you, let's say, you know, you throw Wiles out there, but then you talk about, like, receivers. You think you got some young 
you know, receivers that have talent. And these guys have shown, you know, flashes at times, you know, your Ty Mims, your Castins, your Brandon Hayes, uh, Latrell Jones, but they haven't done it over a full season. Maybe they've had a couple, you know, one or two games or even one or two moments. Uh, but I guess it's just you kind of talk about the quarterback being unproven and then uh, the receivers, yeah. they've, they've shown flashes of, at times. And then, you know, I mean, the offensive line, which in those last two games was kind of what we thought was going to happen really in 2021, where you had a really strong run game. The offensive line was kind of pushing people around in the run game. Uh, and, you know, Lowe gave you enough uh, in the passing game. And But I get, but the story of the question is there with the offensive line is your tackle play. Yeah. Um, you know, Barnes was kind of in and out at times last year. He's a second-year player. Um, so I, I think all the elements of the passing game still kind of the question mark. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I think there is enough around Wiles to where, like, if he's just like, let's say, the fifth best quarterback in the Sun Belt, and he can be kind of like a Carter Bradley at South Alabama, where, you know, just kind of manage the game, make throws when needed, rely on the run game and defense. I mean, I think this is a team that can win eight games. Um, so I think there's, like you're saying, you don't necessarily need somebody that can, you know, that's going to go out there and throw for, you know, 400 yards and five touchdowns every game. I think there's enough of a roster at this point in year three of the Hall era. Where if you can just get you know competent quarterback play, limit you know the uh, deadly mistakes, you can have a pretty good season. So, yeah, and I think you go back to I'm I'm thinking about it in terms of potential, like you're kind of saying. I mean, I go back to the feeling and the conversations that were had over the last two years, but I think especially last year with what you had at the skill positions. And it, it, you just kept saying, man, you, it feels like we're one quarterback away from competing for the division. And with the two quarterback options and with Wiles and kind of the characteristics he brings to the table, I think that the potential for that skill group kind of skyrockets. Um, just someone who can reliably get you the football in space consistently without – you know, dealing with all of the the different mistakes that that we could still see, right? Like you said, they're both are unproven at the Division One level, but just in terms of what we've seen in spring and fall camp, I think you're in a better position uh, than you have been since Hall has been here. And that's and that was true. I talked to Sam Gregg and Caden Cochran in the off season over the summer, and both, you know, we're not shy about saying that this this is far and away the best position the offense has been in in terms of the quarterback position and so it's I don't think that's just it's not coach speak and it's not fan speak I, I think they really believe that and it is true um, you know whether or not it translates to the field over the course of a 12 game regular season you know we'll find out but I feel pretty good about it Pat anything else on the the quarterback situation? I think that is it on quarterback yeah you did not go to the scrimmage this past weekend, did you? I, I went on Saturday late. I didn't see a whole lot. I saw um, I was there for fanfare and then had a, a meeting on campus actually um, yeah. later. So, but yeah, I saw a little bit, but not enough to really say anything. Yeah, yeah well, I, I it sounds like just from the way the coach halls talked after the scrimmage and just from the people I know that went, there wasn't just a whole lot to to glean from that scrimmage because since it was public. Coach Hall said he he was going to be pretty vanilla offensively, yeah. so didn't necessarily give a whole lot away. Uh, wasn't a whole lot to learn there, but um, yeah. So let's uh, let's go ahead and break down the schedule, Pat. You want to go game by game here? 
Yeah, or do we, um, let's see. We uh, don't have it completely memorized. I mean, I, I know the like the, the first five or first four. Um, but I guess we can both give our uh, predictions and um, yeah, we'll just do it like that if that's okay. Or you we'll want to you want to start... do a game by game prediction? I guess that's what we did last year, isn't it? Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. I don't know if I'm prepared for that, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, okay. Matt, let's start with. The opener, obviously, Alcorn State. I'm going to be really honest. I have not dug deep into Alcorn State, but I feel like um, Alcorn State going to be a competent team in the SWAC. Uh, they've got some good skill position guys, a great running back at that level, but I I don't know. I, I feel like at this point, the expectation is a blowout, and anything less than that is going to be pretty disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I was actually, I was, we'll dive in more to them next week, but I was just kind of looking and they're, uh, I think there were six and five last year in the, um, in, uh, well, not, not the SWAC, I guess, or I don't know what their conference record, but overall they're six and five. Yeah. And, uh, picked second in the West in the SWAC preseason. Uh, last year played Tulane, lost 52 nothing. That was their one FBS game. But you go, go back to 2021, they actually came pretty close to being South Alabama. They lost that by seven. <laughs> And you know they they've given USM some trouble in the past. You go back to that 2014 game, which you know could easily have been a loss, and then that 2019 game ended up being you know a blowout. But it was I think it was tied 10 10 and a half or 17 10. But I think you look at year three of the Hall era. Uh, I think you expect to handle a uh, a SWAC team. Um, so I yes, uh, without going or saying already saying too much, we got to save some of our Alcorn stuff for next week. But I do expect <laughs> yeah. that. To, I do expect that to be a win. Yes. Okay. So we are one and zero. Both of us one and zero. Golden Eagles start the season off with a win. Then things start to get uh, a little hairy. This is um, top to bottom one of the tougher schedules I think you've had in quite some time. Uh, you travel to Tallahassee to play Florida State, and Pat, I don't know. Maybe you can tell when. Do you know when this was scheduled? Do you remember when this was scheduled? Uh, I think was it scheduled with the Miami game, or maybe a little before. Uh, but I think, yeah, it probably it was scheduled been, yeah. kind of when Florida. It, might, it was probably scheduled though when Florida State was kind of on their uh, kind of down as a program. Yeah. And now they've uh, yeah. they've gotten themselves a little bit back up. So yeah, yeah, yeah that was the point I was going to make. I I, uh, I think twenty. It was announced in twenty. 2020, February 11, 2020. 2020 was the okay. So yeah, yep. they were they were pretty much in you know they were kind of in the dregs a little bit. Um, I guess that would have been right before they hired Mike Norvell the year before. Yeah, they hired they hired him at the end of 2019, so he was just about to start his first year. So it was a, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, and obviously this is a different Florida State team uh, expected to be and was last year. Finished ten and three last year. And I, I think the expectation. I don't. I don't have the preseason rankings on hand, Pat. Do you know what they're ranked in the preseason? They are ranked number eight. Okay, so I, I, from what I've read, a lot of people are picking them uh, to kind of unseat Clemson and be the playoff contender out of the ACC. Um, again, finished ten and three last year and have the bulk of that ten and three team coming back. Jordan Travis, the quarterback, um, he's – I've seen him on some Heisman lists, a pretty dynamic guy at the quarterback position. 
And defense, I think I should have written this down, but I think eight of the 11 starters returned, and that was a top 20 defense last year. And so expected to be a pretty complete group that won double-digit games last year and expected to compete for a division and a conference championship. This is uh, It's going to be a tall order. Yeah, I think this is a loss. I mean, you look at Florida State, either – you know, like we've said, they're, you know, based not completely back, but I mean, they're a team that I don't think the, I don't think they can win a national championship, but I think this is a team that can, they can make the playoff. If they win the ACC and they go with like 11 and one or maybe even 12 and 0, um, I think, you know, obviously they, they would get in the playoff. And I think this is a team that has, you know, a chance to, um, you know, win 11 or maybe even 12. I mean, you look at Jordan Travis, I think he's a six year player at this point because um, he started his career at Louisville, then he transferred to FSU and he's, Really productive player. Like you said, their defense, they brought back Jared Verse, who was actually supposed to be like a first-round pick last year or maybe a fringe first-round pick defensive end for him. He decided to come back. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, they're a top 15 or so roster if you look at the talent composite. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, I think on paper the best team you're going to play this year. Um, and I think at the end of the year, if we're going to look and say Florida State was the best team you, you played this year because I think Florida State's going to go, you know, 10-2 and two or 11-1. Um, and, you know, compete for a playoff for it. So, yeah, th- this is a loss. Uh, so, one and one for yep. both of us. Yep, that's right. Okay, so you're going to see some pretty good quarterbacks in non-conference play. The next week, you return home and you host the, I think, 24th ranked preseason Yes. Game, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, the Tulane Green Wave, who, of course, we all know uh, you won that game in New Orleans last year. And I don't – Pat, I don't know if it, it felt like a fluke to you, but I think that was kind of how a lot of people, maybe outside of the Southern Miss fan base, felt about it after the season. Of course, going on to win a New Year's New Year's Six Bowl uh, that comes with high expectations this year. They're they're kind of the team to beat in the AAC. Um, Michael Pratt returns, I think, for his fourth year, and. So it should be a really good two-lane team. I don't know if if they're going to be quite what they were last year because they do – they lose some pretty key pieces on both sides of the football. Tajay Spears um, left for the NFL and I think returned six, five or six defensive starters from last year. So there's some big holes to fill, uh, both the skill spots offensively and defensively, but anytime – you know, you you win double-digit games, go to a New Year's Six Bowl and win it and return your quarterback with some other important pieces returning. This is another a tall task for Southern Miss. I mean, I think you love that this game is in Hattiesburg, but I don't know. First uh, first reaction from me, I have this as a loss. And so I actually have this, this as a win, and right. uh, I, it's kind of more based on vibes, but uh, – I mean, yeah, you look at Tulane. I mean, look, they're probably the favorite to be their group of five representative again. I mean, they're the favorite yeah. in the um, the AAC and that and that preseason coaches poll. And they, you know, they bring back the quarterback and their coach. And um, you know, they're. I mean, look, if if they win that their first two games against South Allen Ole Miss, I mean, they'll probably come in, you know, potentially, you know, top fifteen. I mean, possibly, and that would be you know, the highest ranked opponent uh, in Hattiesburg, maybe since like Boise State two thousand eight. Um, but I I don't know. I just feel like this is this is a win. I don't this again based on vibes really because Tulane <laughs> on paper 
Tulane on paper, you know, is the, you know, the better team. I mean, just based on what they did last year, based on what they returned, um, you know, a team that could very well be in the New Year's Six uh, conversation again. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I just feel like uh, USM is going to be able to keep the bell um, in Hattiesburg. And it would uh, it would be really cool if, if Tulane is somehow 2-0 and and you beat a ranked Tulane. I mean, maybe even rush the field. Maybe, I mean, now, now, I mean yeah, now, now I'm getting into maybe fantasy territory. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think this – I think this is a, a win, so I'm going on a little bit of a limb because Tulane will be the favorite in this one. Yeah. Um, unless USM were to beat Florida State or something, but um, I think this is a win. So I have two and one. So you would have one and two then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be really interesting, uh, depending on how that Ole Miss game goes for Tulane, which is in New Orleans, and so that's that's certainly a game that is winnable for them. But Ole Miss, um, high expectations for them this year too, and I think are also going to be really good, unfortunately. So that, uh, yeah, that's a big, that, that could work as a swing game. Obviously, if you can get that upset, that could give you a ton of momentum going into the conference schedule, which begins the next week. Arkansas State, next on the schedule, you open conference play on the road in Jonesboro. Uh, Patrick, first thoughts on Arkansas State? Yeah, it's kind of a weird game. I think this is a win, but th- I kind of have this game in – it's not quite a swing game. I think there's five swing games. I think you look at Tulane. I think you look at South. I think you look at App. I think you look at ULL. I think you look at Troy's at five swing games. Uh, and then I think you have, you know, probably two games where you're going to be doubled or, you know, very likely going to be double-digit underdogs at least um, with, um, you know, FSU and State. And then I think you have, you know, four games that are not quite maybe gimmies, but games you should definitely win. And those would be um, Alcorn, ODU, um, Texas State, and and ULM. And then the one game that I can't really figure out what to put in is this Arkansas, what category to put put in is Arkansas State. So you look at them and, uh, you know, I think they were three and nine, four and eight uh, last year. Um, They're going to have a new quarterback. And it's kind of put up or shut up time for, uh, for Butch Jones. Hasn't done well his first two years. Uh, so I, I don't know really what to – I think this is going to be a win. I don't know, really know what to expect from Arkansas State. I mean, then maybe there could be a, a surprise team that comes out of nowhere. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's just kind of a weird game because I don't really know. if It's not quite a gimme, but it's not quite a swing game either. It's kind of in, in between. Game you probably should win, but it's not guaranteed. I, I do have this as a win, though, to open up conference play. I do, too. I think, I, think, uh, I think this will go down to the wire. I don't think this will be a pretty win. Um JT Shrout is the transfer quarterback they added in the offseason. I think came from Colorado, was originally at Tennessee, but he's he kind of fits the bill of a guy that has really hurt Southern Miss in the past, really athletic, uh, big guy, big arm, just good size and, and physical ability all the way around. Um, and so I, I think he he might stress the defense a little bit on the road. But I, I do think you come out with a win. So I, I'm I'm at two and two, Pat. You're at three and one, which is a great start. And the following week, you'll have Texas State. And I'm trying to – is that on the road or in Hattiesburg? That's in Hattiesburg. That is in Hattiesburg. So you'll be in Hattiesburg the next two weeks, Old Dominion the mm-hmm. next week. So, yeah, Texas State, Pat, what's, what stands out? Yeah, well, new uh, coaching – Staff GJ Kenny, he's come in and brought in a bunch of transfers, and uh, it, I mean, who knows? I mean, they're kind of almost like the the G five version of Colorado, where they're just kind of reshaping the roster completely uh, via the portal. 
Uh, so again, they're not projected to do much. I mean, they're in the 120s of S&P Plus, you know, pick near the bottom of the Sun Belt. Uh, maybe picked at um, at the bottom of the Sun Belt, them or ULM. Um, but I think this is a win, even though I like this. I like the trajectory of Texas State just with this new coaching staff. I think J.J. Kenny did a good job at Incarnate Word, and I think he's going to win at Texas State eventually. But I think year one, they're going to be they're going to be really gettable, and uh, I think this is a win uh, to go four and one. Four and one, okay. Yeah, I've got this as a win too. So that'll put me at three and two. But um, I, I think this is—I don't know if I would qualify this as a swing game, but I, I think it's—it is a swing game in the sense of if you can really dominate this game and win this by two or three touchdowns, I, I think you, you will start to feel a lot better about this team, or maybe I specifically will. Uh, but if it comes down to the wire, I think you you maybe are a little concerned about the rest of the conference schedule because, like you said, I, I think the way that this roster has turned over, new coaching staff, I mean, there's there's going to be some talent there, especially at quarterback. I think I think Kenny brought in three different Power 5 quarterback transfers, one of them being Malik Hornsby out of Arkansas. Um, and I think T.J. Finley, who was Ten, yep, at, yep. At, at LSU and then was at Auburn, so there's there's going to be some talent there at the quarterback spot again. Um, I think we, I think this was true almost every week in conference play last year, but the opponent almost always had some power five transfer quarterback. Um, that, that just kind of has become a theme in the Sun Belt. Uh, that'll be no different against Texas State, but I, I think this is a game that you should win by two or three touchdowns. And if you don't, I, I would be a little concerned. But either way, I've got this as a win. Pat, you're four and one. I'm three and two. The Monarchs of Old Dominion first game against uh, OU in the Sun Belt in Hattiesburg. Uh, kind of a rough year last year, Pat. Yeah, I mean, you look at their projected finish last um, in the East. They went three and nine a year ago. Did beat Virginia Tech, yeah. uh, which you know I guess really wasn't the same as Virginia Tech wasn't very good at all last year. But yeah, I mean, this is another game kind of like Texas State. That or you know you kind of put, or like I was saying you put that in the almost like a must win category. There the four games between ODU, Texas State, ULM, and Alcorn, and yeah, I think ODU is going to be a win. I think you look at them. They're again they're projected last in in the East, um, and S and P Plus they're in the one twenties. Um, so I think this is going to be a a win on homecoming to get to to five and one. So or is it or yeah, yeah five, five and one, five and one, three and. Five and one, three and zero in the league. So, um, first several uh, league games are, are winnable. I mean, you really can get off to a good start in the league play. I think so. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I've got this as a win too, and I think this is one you should win handily. Similar to Texas State, uh, there's a lot of roster turnover for this group. That was, again, uh, pretty rough last year, and I think had three different quarterbacks leave. One of them. Uh, I think their starter Hayden Wolf. He transferred. I can't. Re- I think to Western Michigan, maybe. Um, either way, they'll have a new quarterback. Uh, just a ton of turnover there. So I think this is one you should you should win relatively handily. And uh, Pat, I, I think this is where the conference schedules, the schedule in general, starts to kind of tick up and doesn't really slow down the rest of the way outside of ULM. Um, in a couple of weeks after this game, but you go to South Alabama at Hancock Whitney. Um, you had a great 
night there in the bowl game, but that's that's not a fun place to play. Not great memories there, especially against South Alabama, who was obviously uh, really strong last year. Took a big step. Coach Womack, um, you know, has that thing moving at full speed a little bit. So this is this is kind of, to me your first big conference test. See, I mean, I think if this if you're going to win the division and you know make a push for the title, man, I think I don't know if it's must win, but it feels like it's pretty close to must win because I don't see South losing a whole lot of games. Um, and I think this is a loss. I think you look at South. I mean, they they might be. I guess the two division favorites are Troy and JMU, although JMU is eligible, so I guess it would be number, the number two team, which is I think App was picked second in the East. Um, but I think you look at South. I mean, they were a ten win team from a year ago. Um, bring back Carter Bradley, bring back 19 to 22 starters. Um, so yeah, I mean, they return almost everybody from a team that was, you know, pretty dang good last year. I think a lot of people maybe soured on them and then that New Orleans Bowl just because, you know, they played really poorly against WBKU that night. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a team that, you know, they got a chance to be the G5 representative, as painful as that is to say. <laughs> uh, talking about South Alabama that way, but I think this is a, um, uh, quality opponent on the road, and uh, I think this is a loss. Yeah, this is um, this is one that that is probably going to change depending on how that opener against Tulane goes uh, in New Orleans. I, I think if they win that, then I would probably change this. But Pat, you, your Tulane prediction was based off of vibes, and I, I'm going to base this off of vibes too. I, I think I think you kind of reverse the curse a little bit on the football side against South Alabama, and I, I do think you're probably going to be the heavy dog in this one, but I, I think you, you show up and you play a complete game. Uh, and I think you get, you, you get a win in mobile. Um, it, it's obviously, I, I think it's going to be a slug fest. Carter Bradley, uh, as you mentioned, is back and he's, he's been fantastic. He killed you uh, the last time you saw the Jaguars you return or they return LaDamian Webb. Um, I think he was over a thousand yards last year. Uh, offense should be really strong. Defense, they returned the bulk of their production last year, so it's 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 going to be a tough one. But I, I think I think you find a way to pull this out, um, which I think puts us both yes. at five, five and two, or five and two, right? Five and two, you're right. Five and yes, two. You would and three and. You're three. Yeah, you would be undefeated. Right. You'd be four now. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm just making sure I've I've got my notes correct. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is uh this is a big, it's gonna be a big time game. A lot on the line in terms of uh if if you feel like you even have a, a shot at competing uh for the West. Then you go to the opposite division, go to App State in Boone. Uh Pat, are you gonna make that trip? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna actually be making all 12 games. Uh, oh, wow. uh, this year. Um, so yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is the only one that's actually a flight. Uh, so I might have to be flying into some like tiny like Bristol, Tennessee airport, which is you know kind of close to uh, the balloon. But yeah, this is a uh, a game. I think this is. I think uh, they're gonna split with ULL on app, and I think this is going to be the one that you lose. Uh, I just kind of look at App, and I feel like they're kind of on the decline a little bit. I feel like this coaching staff they have there is kind of still coasting maybe off just the last part of that previous staff or the previous staffs that did really well there. Um, you know, last year they went 6-6, six and six, didn't go to a bowl because they had two FCS wins. But I just felt like they're going to be decent enough 
to where that's a tough place to play and it's you know, elevation. And now I'm just kind of, you know, thinking of any way that anything that could uh, trip up this uh, trip up USM. But uh, I think this is going to be a loss. And, um, but yeah, man, I, have, I think they were you know, near the bottom of FBS and returning production. So I wouldn't be surprised if they struggle, but it just, this, this just kind of feels like a loss for some reason. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, I, while you were talking, considered, I, I think this is. You mentioned this is one of the one of the swing games. I think I think a lot of it's going to come down to whether you can stop the run, uh, because that's what App State does really, really well. And I think they'll probably lean even heavier on that offensively this year, with uh, Chase Bryce graduating last year. Um, and you got, I mean. On defense, as, as strong as you were overall in 2022, you there were several games where you just got gashed over and over again uh, on the ground. I mean, Georgia State was certainly one of those games. And, yeah, I, I feel like this is uh, this is probably another one that goes down to the wire. But if you can stop the run, I think you win. Um, but I, I've, I've got it as a loss. I think App State kind of pushes you around a little bit and – probably makes you reassess some things defensively after this one. So we're both at five and three now, Pat. Um, thankfully, you get uh, a little bit of a respite, not that uh, it's an easy win against Louisiana Monroe, but certainly not uh, quite as stingy of an opponent as uh, the last few. It's also back in Hattiesburg. The weather starts to, to get a little cooler beginning of November. Uh, I think this should be a win, Pat. Yeah, I mean, you look at ULM, uh, Pictor, they're either at the bottom or six in the Sun Belt. Uh, West uh, preseason standings in the 120s of S&P Plus. Uh, they lost Chandler Rogers, uh, you know, who was at USM for a second there early in his career. Uh, he transferred uh, to North Texas, so they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, I think they did add, add like a former five-star edge defender. I was looking at that from A&M. But I think th- this is a win. I think you look yeah. at ULM is, you know, you know, consistently one of the bottom programs in the league and uh, i think terry bound's a good coach but uh I, I do think this is a um a win there to get the bullet eligibility there at six and three yep i agree um I, I think you push them around a little bit up front they lost a lot on the offensive line three three uh, other starters transfer out from a year ago uh, and already weren't very good up front on both sides of the football so yeah i, I think I think you you flex the muscle a little bit, and uh, I think this is another one that should be a, a two or three touchdown victory. The next week, Pat, or is this uh, a bye week? Lafayette. Oh no, this is the uh, this is the midweek game, the Thursday game. Yes. Uh, right now, I think ESPNU, correct, Pat, or ESPN two. Uh, I think ESPNU is right. Let's see. It doesn't have it on this. Uh... That's okay. One of the ESPNs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. At uh, in Lafayette at Cajun Field, and you mentioned this as a swing game, Pat. This is the week before a bye week. This is. Uh, I think this is going to have a lot to do with how you finish those last two games. Uh, yeah. Why do you identify it specifically as a swing game? Well, I just think you kind of look at Lafayette as pick third in the West. USM is pick fourth. Um, so, I mean, both teams have been six and six a year ago. Um, obviously, USM having the head to head, but it was, um, you know, pretty similar teams from a year ago, really. And um, with it being on the road, I think, you know, a little tougher 
obviously. And uh, but I think this is a game that USM is going to win. I think this is. I, I think you look at Lafayette, kind of similar. They're almost the, the West version of App State, where uh, you know you had a previous staff won a bunch, and you bring you promote uh, one of the assistants for continuity. But they neither staff has impressed a whole lot just yet. And you know maybe you know not throwing them out just yet. But, you know, Lafayette was a team that was projected to win the West last year, and they finished fourth. So, I mean, they did uh, underachieve based on that. So, I think they're kind of, they're kind of on the decline as a program. Um, and I think this is, uh, I think it's going to be a win. I think, I think Lafayette and App. I think those are, those are games you're going to split. And I think App's going to be lost. I think Lafayette's going to be the win. I think uh, you're going to get to seven and three. Yeah, I think you. I think you lose this one. I think on the road uh, Thursday, if you have Mississippi State following game, the following week, I think you maybe come out flat a little bit. Um, I, I think quarterback play is going to be strong, uh, maybe a little stronger for Lafayette this season. Um, Chandler Fields and Ben Wooldridge. I mean, both both were pretty productive. Um, Wooldridge. It was Wooldridge who got injured late, uh, and Fields came in. It was was. Pretty dang good with them. Uh, I haven't seen whether they've announced a starter yet out of fall camp, but uh, I, I think this is <laughs> this is yet another one that that might come down to the wire on the road. Uh, midweek ESPN games tend to be kind of funky, so I, I think you come out on the losing end of this one. So I would um, I'd be at six and four, Pat. Yeah, and this is on ESPNU, by the way. I just looked that up. So. ESPNU. Okay, there you go. We can break it down in detail, obviously, but Pat, I have this as a loss. And as much as I hate to say it, I, I think it's just it's going to be really tough to go there and win, uh, even with the new coaching staff. I think Mississippi State uh, probably just has the advantage up front. I don't know if you'll be able to run the football as much as you need to to kind of stretch this game out, uh, bring it down to the wire, which I think is is what you would need to happen to get a win like this. Uh, and I I don't think you get it done. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at State. They were a team that won nine games last year. Um, top 30 roster just based on the talent composite. So I think it's just kind of like, you know, they're not maybe not quite as good as a Florida State, but just the, the talent advantage there um, is kind of just – it's not super complicated. It's just, yeah, I mean, they – Generally, they have better players than USM does. And uh, I think that's what's – yeah, I think State wins it. So, 7-4. Uh, 7-4 yeah. for you, yeah. And I think Will Rogers coming back for another year, I think that is is one of the biggest factors. Um, you know, uh, you know, in terms of how Southern Miss can win this game again, I think you're going to have to run the ball and stretch it out. And I think you're going to have to have really good quarterback play. You're going to have to avoid the mistakes, um, which is what Real, Will Rogers does really well. But I, I don't I don't know if you can get that done. Um, so, Pat, on the other side of it, we both have, have this as a loss. But outside of what I just said, what 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 to you would uh, allow Southern Miss to win this game and start one? Oh, I think, well, I mean, I guess obviously the big thing would be like turnover battle, but that's true of like every game. But uh, I think uh, you maybe getting, creating uh, some pressure on Rodgers. I mean, he's a guy where if you give him a clean pocket, you give him a lot of time, I mean, he can really pick you apart. But he's a guy that maybe can't create a whole lot out of, uh, I mean, he's not, you know, someone that more, you know, kind of a traditional, you know, the air raid pocket passer. And I know they're kind of moving away from the air raid. Uh, but not a guy that can, you know, create a lot out of uh, or improvise really 
Um, so if you can create some pressure on them, um, you know, heat them up a little bit, I think that's kind of the key um, is, um, you know, really generating a pass rush. And uh, like you're saying, you know, being able to run the football, though that's, you know, going to be difficult. But I think um, – I believe that maybe have a younger secondary possibly State does. Um, so like you said, I mean, yeah, quarterback play will obviously be important. But I think the big one, generating a pass rush on Rodgers. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Okay, one more, Pat, to finish it out back in the Dirty Berg to close out the regular season schedule. At this point, if things go our way, you are bowl eligible. Uh, but this – hopefully is going to be a big game uh, with, you know, divisional implications, bowl destination implications uh, against a, a really, really strong Troy group that is expected to push for the division and, and be one of the, one of the top five teams in the, in the country as they were last year. Hey, I think this is a win. I think you you look at Troy, and they were really a team that beat up on USM last year. I mean, that was – I mean, I almost felt like you, you had all that momentum after after Tulane, and then you had the bye week, and then it just felt like, you know, kind of everything fell apart for you all that. I mean, not not all the goodwill you built off Tulane was disappeared after Troy, but, I mean, that was just yeah. a, really, a really tough game there. And uh, But I think offensively, they weren't great offensively. They relied on the defense I mean, last year, and they had, a you know, I think a top 15, maybe even top 10 defense in S&P Plus. Um, but I know they, they bring back Gunnar Watson, but they lose a lot from that defense. So I think the offense is still going to be kind of average. I think the defense is going to take a step back, and because of that, I think the team is going to take a step back there at Troy to where, you know, they may go from being, you know, a, a conference champion team like they were last year to, you know, maybe a 7-5 and five team. And I think this is uh, a team that they're more gettable than they were a year ago. It's at home, and I think uh, I think this is going to be a win. So, yeah, I I was leaning that direction, but when I'm when I'm kind of on the fence with these predictions and kind of looking ahead on the schedule, I I sort of default to the quarterback position um, and having a sixth year guy like Gunnar Watson, who was so good last year. Uh, I think, I mean, he had double-digit interceptions, and and I, I think he probably cleans that up a little bit in his sixth year and ends up being one of, if not the best, quarterback in the conference. And I think this is a loss. So I think he finished six and six. Um, and just, I mean, looking back on my predictions of finishing six and six, I don't I, – I think part of why uh, I ended up at six and six with those six losses specifically is – a the tough schedule, but B I think with with the momentum that you have after the bowl win last year, this is I think clearly the most talented roster that Will Hall has had. Uh, hopefully, the best situation you've had at quarterback, and ideally one quarterback who's consistent for uh, the full regular season schedule and beyond, but. I yeah I don't know maybe it's just me protecting my heart a little bit usually I'm a little more optimistic <laughs> but I I think the main thing is this tough schedule I think it just it unfolds in a way that's going to be really difficult to get to that seven eight nine win uh, mark I think it's going to be I mean they're just some really really tough stretches in a schedule and, and the the end of the the schedule is is possibly the toughest with Mississippi State and Troy to finish it out. Yeah, I mean, I finished at eight and four, six and two, but I mean, really, it's I think anywhere from I mean four to you know, let's say nine is the ceiling, four to nine, which is you know a pretty big variation, I think. I mean, 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of leaning more on the optimistic side, which I'm, you know, in football, uh, or I guess just in generally, I'm, I'm, I kind of try to be more the like the realistic or, you know, maybe some people call that negative. But I, for some reason, I just think this team, I think they're going to end those five swing games. I think they're going to go three and two, and I think they're going to win all of the games they should win, and plus Arkansas State. And uh, I think it's going to be eight and four, six and two, and I think that won't win the West. I think South is going to win the West. But, um, I mean, I think if you win eight games with the schedule, I mean, I think that would be seen as a positive. And then, you know, you kind of look at 2024, is the schedule really lightening up? Where you have three very winnable non-cons where maybe you could push for that 10 wins uh, in 24. So. Sure. Yeah, well, I, I certainly hope that I'm wrong. Uh, I hope – actually, I hope we're both wrong. I hope we – Hope Southern Miss goes ten and two and competes for a conference championship. That'd be uh, that'd be a little bit of fun, but a very tough schedule. Um, I mean, if you had last year's roster, last year's quarterback situation, you know, it'd probably be three or four wins. Uh, I I feel like this season would be a success if you can go to a ball game. Yeah, I would say seven. It would be. I would say six would be a little bit disappointing, even with the tough schedule in year three. I think seven would be kind of status quo, and um, I think eight plus. I think we we kind of said this last month, where eight plus would be seen as a step in the right direction. So that's kind of how I feel. Six or fewer would be disappointing. Seven would be okay or fine, kind of just yeah. uh, keeping on, keeping on, and then eight would be uh, you know a, a big step forward. Um, so that's my opinion, at least. Okay. Yeah. All right, so Pat, uh, Pat's got to run. We got to close this out. So we are we're going to talk about the conference um, as a whole next week. We'll also we'll circle back to your questions in next week's episode, plus the the Alcorn State preview. Uh, but Pat, we got a few things to uh, to polish off on the baseball side of things. Yeah, well, it's funny. So the day after we recorded, both of these things kind of happened, and um, <laughs> it would have been nice if they happened about 24 hours earlier. But, uh, you know, we kind of – we really said that they were going to try to add a second baseman there uh, in, in the transfer portal baseball, and um, they did. I mean, about – you know, I mean, really 18 or so hours after we recorded, it was announced, and it's Nolan Tucker, a second baseman from Valpo. He's a guy. He's going to be a grad transfer. Um, and he was a, a player that had 821 OPS this last year for Valpo. Um, hit 298 uh, with four home runs. Uh, defended well. Um, the year before, 2022, had a really good season, 947 OPS. I mean, I think he was an all-Missouri uh, Valley Conference guy, uh, a guy with uh, – 400 or 452 career plate appearances in uh, in college uh, and if you had uh, summer ball I mean he has 282 plate appearance summer ball some I mean, of that's 700 plus plate appearances so an older player with experience that right now I think you would say would have the edge there at second base with uh, with Monastery likely moving to the outfield as Ostrander is hinted at um, so yeah Nolan Tucker that was the um, uh, kind of last portal edition there was some talk of a pitcher uh, or them, you know, trying to go after a pitcher and that, you know, it was, you know, heavily rumored Zach Morris, the lefty uh, from Arkansas. And I think it was, you know, the rumor was, was between USM and TCU and he ended up committing to TCU. So yeah. uh, after we, after we had done a recording, uh, there were, there wasn't any, uh, any pitchers at it, unless there's somebody that, you know, they post on the roster and stuff surprised and they just, you know, didn't, maybe didn't go public on social media about it. But as far as what we know, the, the the last transfer or the only transfer that's been added since our last recording was Nolan Tucker. So. Yeah. All right. Last thing here, Pat, a basketball schedule update and a personnel update too. 
Yeah, and oh, by the way, Nolan Tucker is a left-handed bat. I just wanted to yeah. throw uh, – um, or let me make sure on that. I'm pretty sure. That's right, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, and then basketball, which also broke like the day after uh, we had recorded uh, basketball going to play the Jacksonville Classic. Um, that was uh, first reported, I think, by Rocco Miller, and then it was officially confirmed a couple weeks later by the Jacksonville Classic Twitter account. Um, but, yeah, so in that bracket, it's going to be – and they haven't announced the actual bracket, just the teams that are being there with USM. But USM is going to play two games uh, against uh, – two games against either uh, Cornell, Cal State, Fullerton, Utah Valley. Utah Valley was a team that was a top 75 team a year ago. Cornell and uh, Fullerton, and they were top 150. So it's a pretty decent field there um, in Jacksonville. And also, uh, part of that, I think, is going to be a game against South Dakota State at home. Uh, South Dakota State's in the other bracket of this tournament, but South Dakota State will be coming to Hattiesburg. Um, and that's that was reported by Rocco Miller. Um, so and then so I have eleven dates right now, I think, and you're allowed to play thirteen. Home carry, uh, MAC team to be announced. Part of that challenge, uh, the MAC challenge there in February. Northwestern State, uh, South Dakota State. So those four at home on the road. Uh, Lamar, UAB, Akron, McNeese. And then the two neutral games – or three neutral games, two – those two games in Jacksonville, uh, and then the game against Ole Miss and Biloxi. Uh, so two games waiting to be announced. Um, so hopefully see that in the next couple of weeks or month or so. And then in terms of personnel, uh, Andre Cabello is still kind of waiting on his uh, appeal to uh, to clear the – I guess the waiver – or the um, – his waiver to be approved to play. He's a second-time transfer, and they've kind of been cracking down on those a little bit. It seems like – the reports or rumors are that is it seems like it's probably going to be denied just based on uh, how these other waivers have been uh, getting denied um, of second time transfers, but that's not official yet. So we're gonna uh, find that out, um, yeah. you know, hopefully pretty soon. So, yep, there you go. Good stuff, Pat. Anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, I think that is. Uh, I think that's it. I think. All right. Unless there's, uh, yeah, I don't think there's yeah. anything else. All right, Patty Predictions has us at eight and four. I've got us at uh, a measly six and six. Again, hope we're both wrong. We'll be back with you next week for game week. Pat, ready for a little football? We'll talk mm-hmm. about all Corn State and uh, also circle back to what we missed this week. That's Patrick McGee. My name is Ben Milam. This has been another episode of Buzzardry. Hope to have you with us next time. This has been Buzzard Dream. Thanks for listening, and be sure to share and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Buzzard Dream Pod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.